Welcome to The Art of the Impossible, a podcast for the design and manufacturing industry that explores how you can leverage technology, processes, and people to make the impossible possible. I'm Asif Mogul, Senior Industry Manager at Autodesk, and each week I'll be joined by two experts from the design and manufacturing world to discuss their perspectives on the challenges our industry faces and share what they're doing to overcome them. From smart products, mass customization, digitization, supply chain resilience, and the convergence of once diverse industries, this podcast is for anyone that runs a design and manufacturing business who's interested in making things possible. You can subscribe by following us on Apple, Spotify, or via your favorite platform. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Now, we've talked about this before. We've covered a lot of different topics on this series so far, and we found two specific topics. Themes just kept surfacing, no matter what the conversation was about. And they seem to be all around collaboration. So we've done a specific episode on that. And today's episode, which is all around customer experience. They're both really big topics, but we wanted to focus on customer experience today. And I think that the events of last year have really accelerated the drive for manufacturers to get closer to their customers and understand what they care about and kind of deliver it to them in increasingly meaningful ways. And that sounds great, doesn't it? But but how exactly do you build a customer experience mindset into your business? Uh, what's the difference between customer experience and customer service? And ultimately, you know, what does great and good look like? So to help me explore that subject, it's my pleasure to introduce two guests today. So we have Ilham Saeed, who's the CEO and founder of a platform called Engineer to Engineer, and Richard Hagen, who's the Managing Director of Crystal Door. So welcome to you both. Hello. Thank you very much, Asif. So Richard, maybe we could start with you. Could you tell us a little bit about uh, Crystal Doors, what you do, the kind of markets you serve? So Crystal Doors has been trading for 26 years now, and uh, we started in the kitchen, bedroom, bathroom industry on the side of um, completely and utterly unique. So anything that somebody could scribble on a piece of paper, we were able to make it. And this allowed our customers to have an experience way beyond what the sheds are providing, which is standard sized doors, and beyond our competitors, where they provide some bespoke element, but not as bespoke as ourselves. So we're very much the top end of the market. But this has allowed us to diversify into a lot of other markets, which I'll talk about later. Fantastic. Thank you, Richard. And Ilham, if we could uh, ask you to tell us about uh, E2E, you know, what it is and kind of your role in the business. I'm Ilham, founder and CEO of E2E. E2E is essentially a fast-growing communication platform for engineers. We provide students, academics, and businesses um, the space to connect and solve problems by breaking down the barriers that hinder stimulating conversations, one question at a time. And my role in E2E is mainly focusing on the direction, the vision, and I guess the main aim and mission of the company. The reason why we started is really to realize the potential of technology education um, by kind of forming a strategy for education providers and the technology industry. Um, so it's not necessarily to have the best communication platform, but it is to consistently deliver seamless experience, not only to our users, but to everyone involved in the process. Thank you. And I think it's really interesting to have a platform developer as part of this discussion because, you know, customer experience is equally important to you as it would be to a company like uh, Richard at Crystal Doors. So welcome. So let's sort of kick off really. 
Richard, perhaps I could come to you first. We kind of always start the podcast off with this kind of sort of question. We, we take a topic and we, we try to figure out, you know, what does it mean? So in the simplest possible terms, in the context of your business, how would you define customer experience? Um, it, it's meeting the needs of the customers. Um, so it's very much focused on the, the customer first marketing, where we're asking it, what is it that they want to see to be able to get those benefits. Um, so we have what's called the uh, brand diamond model, uh, where you're looking at the tangibles and the intangibles. What is it we provide and who and what is it? Uh, and therefore, you're getting this brand identity where you're creating um uh, an emotional feeling of this is uh, a positive outcome. Um, we, we base it on, on the fact that it's, it used to be exceeding the customer's expectations, but now it's a lot more sophisticated in the sense that the consumers are looking not just at the price, but they're looking at the value. There's a lot more aspects within the relationship that the customer and the provider has. Now, you mentioned tangibles and intangibles, and I just wanted to dive into that a little bit. So the tangible, for, as an example, could be the actual product that somebody you know purchases from, from your organization. But just explore a little bit about, you know, what, give me an example of what an intangible might be in the context of your customer. The intangibles with Crystal Doors last night uh, winning at the Eddie Awards as the SME for uh, uh, sustainability is we're on a journey to the race to carbon neutral and uh, our vibe is our tribe. And it's very much, uh, it's the community of um, who Crystal Doors belongs to, which is a purpose. And I think that's what's coming out of a lot of the businesses now is businesses need a purpose. It's not just about driving for money. It's about driving for what the, uh, we support as the people, our community, our employees, our suppliers, our customers. So therefore, the relationship has become a much wider network. And that obviously works all the way up to the, the large companies that we're either purchasing from or the large companies that we're supplying to. We've got to stand out as being uh, the ones who are doing our best for the planet. That's a really great example. So um, there's a sense of um, you need to align your product and your purpose with the things that your customers really do care about. And so that's a, that's a, that's a way of delivering an experience there. They're investing in something they actually kind of care, in, care about or believe in as well. So yeah, great, great example. Ilham, so if I could come to you, um, we do hear the word customer service mentioned a lot and, and i'm wondering if it's sometimes mistaken for customer experience so what do you think the difference between customer experiences and customer service might be did you have some observations on that i think that customer experience is really just a small part of the holistic customer experience so it really is a response to an event whether it's in the contact center by a phone call or a query on a chat box um, but customer experience is when the customer indirectly or directly interacts with the organization, um, such as sales and marketing and even web development. So one could say that customer service is more reactive and customer experience is proactive. So rather than waiting for a customer to initiate a conversation, customer experience really reaches out to the customers before they reach out um, to them in that position. Whereas customer service is isolated and usually happens after someone makes a purchase or stumbles upon a problem or needs to raise a complaint. That's, that's a really nice sort of delineation between the two. Uh, uh, kind of what it's making me wonder is, um, could you could you get away with just having one, or or do you, do you think you need both for a successful organisation? I think you can get away with having poor customer service but really good customer experience, because as the saying goes, people will forget what you said, but they won't forget how you made them feel. Um, and that is where customer experience come, 
comes into play. Um, how did you make that person feel throughout the journey? I could give an example of if you're buying a car, you don't just think about going to the dealer, buying the car and then starting to drive it. No, you think about the whole process. What is the service time? What is the maintenance? How does the car make you feel? How is how is the control? How is the interior? And all these things along the journey will then make you invest in buying that car or not. Um, so I definitely think customer experience holds more importance over customer service. And if you have good customer experience, then customer service just falls into place quite well with that. That's a really nice way to put it. Sort of, you know, how you make your customers feel uh, is, is you know, a critical part of the sort of customer experience experience, if I can even say that. So, Richard, in, in your view, what does great customer experience look like, and what are some of the tangible ways that an SME manufacturer could could actually measure it? I absolutely echo what uh, Ilham said. It's not what, not what you say and what you do. It's how you make people feel. That's the experience. The say and do part is the service. Um, and it's looking at Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Uh, and we're very much obviously beyond the, sort of the basics. Where we are now is it's that emotional connection. Um, it, it's that feeling of sort of saying, you know, I am doing something with this customer for which I'm happy to be part of that journey that they're on that we are working together. Uh, the tangible part is, is obviously we're racing to carbon neutral. We're leading the country. Uh, Crystal Doors is an absolute shining example of what an SME can do because SMEs can adapt a lot, lot faster than very large companies. This is an opportunity for the SME market to really take this, the show and steal it. Um, we will be carbon neutral by 2022. Our customers don't want to pay any more money for it, but what they do see is a huge amount of value and what they also see is, is beyond just the product, we now are giving them the support to take them on their journey. So emotionally, we're sort of helping each other. And that's what's happening during COVID-19. As soon as there's lockdown, everything went crazy. Everybody had crisis. Everybody didn't know what to do. But what came through it all is that community and that bonding. And it's what humans do best, creativity and a feeling of we belong to community. That there definitely was this kind of like shifting of values, wasn't there? As soon as the, uh, the the pandemic hit and lockdown happened, I think what people realised what they personally value, and they valued people that could deliver those experiences to them for sure. So um, you, you talked about um, SMEs are poised to kind of you know, really lead the world in, in this sort of you know um, being excellent at customer experience. Why is it so hard for more SMEs to maybe do some of the things that you're doing or some of the things that Ilham is doing? Do you think there are some challenges that stand in, in, in the way of your peers in the industry? The, the large companies have got lots and lots of departments and got very, very good specialists in every single area. The difficulty I found, um, we have 35 people, 3 million turnover. I have to hold so many hats. And it's not easy for, for an individual or for a family-owned business to be able to hold all those different hats. They might be strong in accountancy, they might be strong in the marketing, which is absolutely excellent in the communications, or they might be strong in the products and the making and the distribution. But to be strong in all of them is very, very difficult for an SME, where obviously the large companies, when they've got brand managers, they've got marketing departments, and then they've got the sales teams for the customer service, they should be nailing it. But the SMEs, if they can get it right, the communication between what used to be almost pre-war, it was a family relationship almost. That with the extended family when you, you went to see the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, and the relationships were solid then. And that's the day that we want to get back to of having that personal service. 
And that's where manufacturing for me is absolutely wonderful for what's coming through now is we've got mass customization where we're getting back to this B-Sport product individually created just for you. Yeah, yeah. And again, we're talking about mass customization, which which sort of like links to, you know, one of the other topics of, of podcasts uh, that we recorded um, most recently. So, um, Richard, just staying with you for a moment, uh, a lot of people, um, in terms of the definition of the word customer, uh, what I've seen is a lot of people focus on customers as the kind of like uh, uh, end user of the products. I'm doing the kind of air quotes uh, here. But what about your colleagues and other people inside the business? I mean, could they, could they be classed as a customer and therefore you know, expect a customer experience as well? What's your view? Um, from, from my understanding of, of how you grow a business and how you create brand value uh, and, and true value in, in a company is everybody is um, so focused on producing, given that excellence, is everybody becomes an ambassador. That whoever you turn to, be that the shop uh, front or the website or even our employees, every one of them becomes an ambassador because they've got a purpose and a belonging to something that's greater and everybody is working for that greater good. And I think, you know, going back to the comment you made about purpose, that totally makes sense that um, if, if, if anyone you interact with, whether they're a, uh, an end user of the product who would sort of invest in your technology or your products or someone inside the business, if, if there's a purpose attached to it, that's that's definitely seems to be making sense as a, a strategy to raise the level of customer experience. But so Ilham, um, Perhaps we could come to you now. Uh, you've designed a platform for lecturers and students. And you, you sort of mentioned in your intro, this isn't really about having the best platform, but it's about giving those, those customers, if you like, your customers, a really seamless and excellent experience. So you presumably had to sit down and sort of think this through and design this in a way that, say, maybe a traditional manufacturing company wouldn't. But I'm just wondering, talk us how you went through that process and, and what were the lessons you, do you think that we could take from your experience and apply to the, the, the general design and manufacturing sector? Uh, yeah, that's a very good question. I think when I give any advice when it comes to that, it's probably start with your why. I always direct why we started in the first place. Why, why was E2E founded? Um, why does it even exist? Um, essentially, it was to solve the engagement crisis that we were facing, and I was experiencing as well at university as an aerospace engineering student. I was also disappointed by the time to learn and get feedback. The, the task of generating feedback is very unreliable, followed by the experience benchmark. So we have familiarity with great user experience from smart devices and tech outside of the formal university or workplace environment. But the learning experience, I think, should be um, improved to be aligned with that. And it should be very similar to the platforms and, and tools that they use when they're at home, like social media. And of course, you've got the legacy systems and the inflexibility. And we thought we believed that there was no platform that could fit all three users, which are the students, the university and industry professionals. Um, a platform that is suited for the modern learner but for the traditional lecture at the same time. So I really start with why E2E started in the first place. And being the end user myself, it was very easy for me to understand the pain points of the customer and the users. So before I actually started, I just spoke to a lot of people. I spoke to lecturers, to my colleagues, to students, to industry professionals. What did they do when they got stuck? What were the problems they were facing? And are there any solutions out there that can cater for that? 
And the reality was I found out that they were just using substitutes to fill a void in that learning experience. And that's, I guess, why I started uh, carving the idea of E2A. We're now growing to over a thousand users in one of the leading universities in the UK. And to follow on to your second question, how can we actually apply that to the manufacturing environment? Um, manufacturers' customer journeys are complex and often interrupted by several middlemen in the value chain. So it was quite normal before until recently for manufacturers to not know their end customers or how they use their products. This is not an option anymore. And I believe to thrive in the new customer-centric paradigm, there is a significant mindset shift for the industry. Manufacturers um, need to play their cards right on several fronts at once. The winning mantra is to redefine the customer experience journey to drive effortless experiences and gain a productivity advantage within the organization. Really, let's start with the why and um, really immerse yourself in the potential journey your customer might go on and sort of you know, use that insight to, to kind of design the experience, which, which sounds very similar to kind of a product development process. So even though you're developing platforms, not sort of physical products, the, the approach seems like it could be easily transferable across to the wider industry. So, so Richard, um, you know, taking what Ilham has just uh, described to us and the similarities that has to the design and manufacturing sector, uh, we're a nation of engineers. We hear that a lot. What's stopping us as a, as a bunch of engineers applying more of that customer thinking to, to kind of our role? I know you inside Crystal Doors are probably doing it very well. We talked about time constraints earlier, but what are some of the reasons why we're not thinking more like the way I've described? Um, when I was a child, unfortunately, my parents were both teachers. I thought it was inquisitive. Uh, they said I was argumentative. Uh, I've spent my whole life and I still spend my life saying the word why. I challenge everything. Um, it, it, people take too much for that's accepted. Uh, and uh, for me, a radical disruption isn't an issue. It's an opportunity. It's a challenge. It's exciting. A lot of people have got a fixed mindset, and it's those people with a growth mindset who are willing to sort of uh, analyze, take on the new technologies, and use them as tools to put them into best practice, which uh, Ilham has, has done absolutely fantastic. It is a unique situation to create that platform. There's a need in the market, and Ilham's filled it. Crystal Doors, there's a need in the market, and we filled it. Autodesk, there's a need in the market, and you're pushing ahead, and you filled it. And that's where there's a difficulty. Large brands do slightly adapt, but are quite slow, but they're constantly looking. Uh, with smaller companies, they're too stuck in, well, we're not wanting to know what else is out there. And this is one of the difficulties with um, uh, the, the growth of the, the SMEs is, um, once again, we're back to the skill set of the owners and leaders within those. And that is one of the difficulties for me is there's not enough why being asked and the skill growth uh, or skills gap that exists in the UK needs to be filled as fast as possible. How, how could we possibly start getting the word why into the vocabulary of more <laughs> that's a big question i know but but uh, you've got two of us here that do <laughs> uh, how, how, could, how could everybody else start adding that just very simple and i'm a huge fan of simon sinek and the start with why I, I totally you know agree with what you're saying but how could we enable more people to just just ask that basic fundamental question start with the why and burst themselves in a customer journey what, what do you think some people sort of, when they've got a challenge and they say why, and then they take a step back. When I see the why, 
uh, such as COVID-19, the first thing I did is uh, rang up all my healthcare um, customers. And one of them, fortunately, um, being Teal, they got the order for all 8,000 overbed tops. Crystal Doors, within three hours, was producing overbed tops for, 20, for 24 hours, and we produced 6,000. It's a, it's a case of don't sort of say, I see the negatives, it's see the positives. It's those who have got the cup half empty is sort of, why, why, why? Well, from my point of view, is uh, we've just got amazing challenge. Uh, the race to carbon uh, to, uh, to neutral has at long last got going. The train has set off. Uh, and this is what we need to have, is, is the, the people um, being intuitive, uh, innovative, and, and starting to deliver. Yes, the pace of life has jumped since uh, last year, but we now need to really push hard and, and pull together as a community. It, it sounds like you're, it, it, well, to me, it comes across that you're suggesting that, that there's a sense of customer experiences is part of the culture of the organization. Oh, it needs to be part of the culture of the organization. And from what I see you doing is you're kind of very much setting that bar, it's kind of driving that across your, 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 your entire team. So would you say that culturally that's widely accepted or, or, or is it is it the culture of the organizations that we need to kind of look at if we wanted to drive more of a customer experience mindset? That's an interesting one. Uh, it, it's very difficult to sort of get people going. What we're trying to do is not just give a product, uh, it is the service. And within that service, there's support for our customers and support even going back to our suppliers. And ours is driving, start asking the question why and start believing. And for me, uh, once people have got belief, faith, it's, it's at the core of, of, of human nature. And that's when people have that commitment and do believe and things move very, very quickly then. Yeah, yeah. Again, another similarity between um, so, some of the other podcasts that we've been recording, culture and skills and leadership attitude you know, tends to come up quite a lot. So To add to that, I think there is kind of a trade-off barrier because I think a lot of people think that if you invest more in customer experience, you lose something. It's kind of like similar to choosing between privacy and convenience or doing well for yourself or good for the planet or developing cheap products or products created by companies in an ethical way. So really picking the right balance and that, I guess, to end the trade-off uh, mindset that if you do something good, then you're losing losing business. No, not necessarily. And so that, that's a really great uh, point, Johan. So aside from yourself and obviously Richard, could you point at any company out there that you think is doing an exceptional job as customer experience of a small organization that maybe no one's heard of? I'm going to be very generic and say the biggest change that I saw probably with com was with companies like Uber, um, Booking.com, and even Google. Um, for example, Google's old mission statement was organizing information of the world, but now they've changed it to how can we make the daily life of people as easy as possible? But even seeing this kind of shift in the messaging um, that companies are changing within their mission statement. And be involved with the customer experience throughout the whole journey. I think when we were talking about customer experience before, it was more about building the customer's journey around the product. But today, it's more about becoming a partner in the life of your customer, which I think the companies that I mentioned are doing quite well. So, so Richard, what do you think happens when you get customer experience spot on? 
It's back to the emotional um, reward that the consumer has, and that's different for everybody. So it's quite difficult to sort of nail it to a very specific. Um, I'm I'm not trying to do a purpose plug, but B Corp certification I think is the best model uh, to follow because that's looking at the the whole um, 360. Um, of sort of saying what is it to be able to get the best experience for everybody and that's the hard trick is as uh, Ilan was saying there's usually a trade-off and the exciting part for me to be able to create a wonderful company is not to have that trade-off uh, to innovate beyond and deliver something exceptional and uh, it, it is true Tesla has absolutely blinded everybody all the car companies in 2012 did not believe. They thought it was a cottage um, company. They didn't realize he's a software company. He's an energy company. He's not necessarily a car company. He's a transport company with SpaceX and Hyperloop. He's now delivered a car for which can be upgraded. Uh, I've got uh, the P100D from 2017. Next year or the year after, when he gets the new hardware, it'll be the same as a brand new 2022 car. They've quantum differentiated themselves between what was and what can be and that's where I, I love manufacturing that we've got the ability to be able to make those quantum leaps rather than just uh, incremental wow this i mean there's so much in that response the, 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 there's the sense of if you get customer experience right you could drive you know innovation uh, uh, sort of even i'm getting sensing you might be talking about staff retention customer loyalty um and then we were just talking about creating and defining new markets and sort of literally disrupting the market and setting kind of a new standard. So it, it just sounds like, you know, upsides all the way uh, if, if you get it right. What, what happens if the reverse happens and, and, and you, you get it completely wrong? Ilham, what, what, what do you think if, if I ran a business and, and I just literally focus on customer service and I just thought, ah, customer experience, complete waste of time? What would your prediction for my, my business be? <laughs> Um, so if you're an organization that focuses primarily on customer service and neglects customer experience, um, I believe you lose a majority of the components of customer excellence. Um, for example, relevance. Um, if you're not offering customers what they want and when they need it, um, you lose relevance. You also lose reliability because without customer experience and just customer service, you don't have that, that consistency of being always there to support them um you may be responsive because you're listening when there are any complaints raised but your listening with the intent to understand not respond is where customer experience comes into play and really at the end of it you'd also be quite inconvenient because um you may only be there when your customer needs you but you should always be there throughout their whole, whole span from the time they pressured your product to the time they're using it to the time they want it replaced I really believe that organizations need to become a beacon of trust to help customers with whatever they need. Um, and without an ethical compass, you will move further away from doing what is best for the customer. And I guess at the end of it, you need to know what motivates, you need to know what delights, and you need to know what even annoys your customer to ensure a positive customer experience is delivered. Um, we need to be listening to customer trends, needs, thoughts, and feelings based on cognitive, emotional behavior and sensory relationships. Um, and that's the importance that you need to give um, customer experience over customer service. Yeah, so the, the outlook wouldn't look particularly rosy for my, for my business if I just focused on one thing and, and just kind of ignore. I suppose if I made my customers feel, did not feel anything, then 
there's no reason for them to stay with me or keep keep doing business with me or keep you know keep supporting the sort of things that I'm doing. So um, not not a positive outcome by the sounds of it. Okay, so we are now going to switch to a part of the podcast where I I kind of ask you to give the whole industry some tips and tricks. So uh, to set the scene, I want to I want you both to imagine that you are advising globally the design and manufacturing industry on the things they can do uh, themselves tomorrow to start really cranking up their customer experience levels. So Ilham, what what advice would you give? What's the one or two things you would say, this is what you should start by doing and just get on with it? Okay, so the two things that I would advise, the first one would definitely be to unlock new opportunities with smart products. Um, having by having connected products that talk to each other and to the manufacturer's systems that can provide valuable insights on consumption patterns and product usage. Um, they can also be monitored in real time to proactively fix issues or make recommendations to optimize usage. The second thing I would recommend is to invest in intelligent customer service. I know that I've been kind of saying how customer experience is, is more important than customer service, but Customer service is a definite game changer for manufacturers. However, they need to find a way around the mounting cost of customer support um, while improving the speed and accuracy. The main points in customer service are delays in request resolution and loss of effort and accuracy um, via manual repetitive task. Um, so there is a strong need to redefine that approach at every stage of a customer journey, which is where customer experience comes in via design-led thinking and um, process reimagination. Um, we already see manufacturers turning to technologies such as cloud, AI, chatbox, internet of things, mobility. Um, and this has already kind of improved the time to serve in the end-to-end request to resolve processes. Um, so those would be my two main um, things I would recommend for manufacturers or SMEs to think about. Okay, so a sense of connecting the products, so, so almost sort of smart products and um, using the data to kind of inform your decisions and then sort of stepping up your game in terms of your, your customer service as well and using that as part of your strategy. Uh, it sounds like those are the two things that you would, you would suggest. Richard, same question to you. What, what are the one, two things that you would say, this is what you should start with uh, right now? So within a marriage, when there's a marriage breakdown and the relationship fails, you need a third party to take an impartial um, check on what's happening. And this is where a lot of businesses speak to their customers, do their surveys, look at their data, even with AI and all the rest of it. You need a professional within marketing with an understanding of speaking to yourself as a supplier and your consumers for what is it that you do well what is it that you're doing badly and what is it that they actually want to keep that marriage that relationship between you and your customer and i think that's the the, the take away for myself is um it's difficult and it's expensive but it's just finding somebody where they're asking the right questions from both parties and saying how is this relationship working what are we getting out of it because it is what is the, the doing things of the service but it's more what is that experience am i happy in this relationship yes or no and they'll sort of say the big the big ones will come out and exactly the same in a marriage all of a sudden it, it collapses at the end but it's been building up for years and years 
It's the same. I don't want to start name dropping, but I know three companies I will never buy from again, ever. Even though they've changed several years later, I will never buy because the experience is atrocious. And that's it. Game up. Thank you very much. Bye bye. <laughs> and this is the game changer for me. And we've seen it with the two very large companies now having a head to head to do with data, to do with um, data harvesting and data mining and making good money out of it. The, the um, consumer is now going to start saying, I'll not happy that you've taken too much from me. The, the, the consumers are much more sophisticated than what they were. There's no longer the simple trade. It is like a marriage. It is a relationship for which is two ways. Now, certain uh, suppliers have started taking out of the consumer. And this is where it now needs to be that the consumer says enough is enough. And, and what I was going to say, is that this, this completely resonates with what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast in terms of it's kind of how you make people feel. If you make, this sounds like in that context, um, the data companies are probably making their customers feel like, hang on a minute, enough is enough and you're taking too much from me. So they're feeling, they're feeling a little bit nervous and uncertain. So that totally resonates. So from what you're saying then is really, Think of it as a relationship, bring in a third party, get the third party to do kind of almost like a relationship check on how is things between you and your customers and, and listen to their advice. And going back to what you said earlier, in terms of SMEs are really struggling with the resource, that's probably a really practical thing for them to try as well, even though there's a cost associated with it, but that potentially is a good place to start. Richard, you, you talked about a couple of options of things people could try. Um, what about a practical first starting point? Any, any kind of tips that you could share? Absolutely. A free takeaway is the brand diamond model, uh, which you can search on the internet and it'll pop up absolutely everywhere. And it's understanding your own brand identity and the brand benefits, uh, the rational benefits, your presence within the market, the intangibles, which is where the customer experience comes from, and the emotional benefits, which is where the customer experience comes from. And this is the, the part where you can ask those yourselves those questions uh, for free, it'll take about an hour to get through it, and hopefully you'll go, oh, that's something that we've missed. So just an hour's worth of investment sounds like um, some potentially great insights that we could get from it. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Okay, great uh, comments and, and sort of tips from you both. Now I've got to try and summarize what I think I've heard you both sort of tell me about customer experience. So so here goes. You can you can mark mark me out of ten. Uh, customer experience. It seems to be a proactive way of delivering the tangible and intangible needs of your customers and making them feel just really good about doing business with you. Customers can be internal and external, uh, to your point earlier, Richard, everybody that you interact with. If you think of them as a customer, then that's a really good place to start. But then to start uh, sort of developing a customer experience mindset, as Ilham said, we start with a why. And um, sort of immerse yourself in the journey that your, your customer will probably take with you and to take a step back. And I wonder how I'd feel if, if I went through that experience. And, and am I delivering everything that person needs to? Uh, am I just giving the minimum or am I kind of exceeding expectations and am I making them feel good? Um, but it does also seem to be that the best way to get this kicked off inside an SME is to think about building a culture of an organization um, where you get a, maybe a third party to come in and look at the relationship you have between you and, and your customers. 
Um, and there's even some potential practical things that we could look at in terms of if you're able to understand the behavior and the usage of your products and the use of data to inform the health of that relationship could be a very, very good place to start. And um, it's a great way that you could align your business with the purpose that most aligns with your customers. And, and we've just heard so many good examples about sustainability probably being the most uh, a sort of a, a relevant one at the moment, how more and more people are caring about the planet. And so that care seems to spill into um, their investment choices in terms of the products and services they buy. So I hope, I, I hope I've captured that fairly accurately from you both. What I'd like to do is um, offer a huge thanks to you both for being such great, great guests on the podcast. So thank you very much, both of you. Thank you very much for inviting me here. Thank you for having us. So as always, I really hope you've heard something or something that uh, Ilham or Richard has said has triggered an idea or a concept in your mind that you feel excited about exploring further. That's the whole purpose of these podcasts is just to drop ideas into people's minds. I'd like to say thank you very much for listening and we'll speak to you on the next podcast. And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you.